I'm really excited for this episode. I was supposed to air my friend Kelly first, but just due to some technical difficulties, she's going to come out in a couple of weeks. But I was very excited to interview Corby. Um, She was the first person that I spoke to outside of the people that I know. And I was a little nervous because she's been in the the tarot game for so long and just an incredible psychic medium. I... I, I didn't know how the interview would go. I, I didn't know, you know, if I would be able to keep up. But honestly, I didn't have to. She is such a well of knowledge and such a an interesting person. I can't wait for everybody to hear this interview. So without further ado, here's Corby Mitlide. A certified tarot master, psychic medium, teacher, and ordained minister. Corby Mitlide has been reading for 50 years and is a full-time intuitive counselor with clients worldwide. Robert Schwartz features her work as a channel and past life expert in his breakthrough series on karma and pre-birth planning, Your Soul's Plan, Your Soul's Gift, and Your Soul's Love. As an author, her self-help volume, Clean Out Your Life Closet, encourages you to write your own story of change based on your history, your life experiences, and your personal goals. Her books, The Psychic Yellow Brick Road and You've Got the Magic, Who Needs a Genie, deal with how to use psychic counseling wisely and be a successful part of the holistic expo community from the professional side of the aisle. Corby's abilities include tarot and oracle card readings, spiritual intuitive counseling, past life retrieval and analysis, mediumship, and spirit guide conferences, including speaking with one's soul or higher self. Hello, Corby, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. It's great to be here. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. So I want to start out with the fact that you've had so many jobs before you became a full-time psychic. You were an actress, Mm -hmm. an author, a legal secretary, video producer, graphic novel, work for hire, editorial assistant, executive recruiter. And I mean, I can totally relate because like I've had just a million jobs before this. But I I wanted to know, um, why didn't you jump straight? I know you started reading at 13, but why didn't you jump Mm -hmm. straight into psychic work when maybe you were a little bit older, maybe in your teenage years or your 20s? Because I really wanted to do theater at that point. You know, theater major at Brown University. I'd wanted to act since I was nine. Uh, And at that point, the psychic work wasn't as ubiquitous, as normally accepted as it is now. Um, Part of my problem was that I was one of those out there young women. And so it's like when I was a legal secretary, they gave me to the meanest SOB in the Valley in Atlanta. He had gone through five secretaries in three years and he and I loved each other because I was smart. And I was equal to a lot of his paralegals, but um, the office manager, this was a 400 person law firm, hated me because inferiority complex. So finally, it was my third year there and I noticed everybody else was getting their reviews for the raise and I wasn't. And I went to her office and I said, Ginny, what's going on? She said, you can work here as long as you want but I'm never going to give you a review and I'll never get a raise for you. And so that kind of 
look, I'll be honest, Vanessa, I'm a charismatic. I walk into a room three feet before I walk into a room. You either love me or you hate me. And at 68, you don't like me, live and be well, baby, I'm over here. But when you are 20s, 30s, and I looked the way I did at that point, that was before the three cancer dances, so I still had a Dolly Parton figure, no joke. Then you don't really know who you are. You're trying desperately to find who you are. And at that point, you think that who you are is only what you look like. That's why what you may not know, you wanted to talk about Robert Schwartz and my work with him. I'm actually one of the only people that's been in his books from both sides of the fence. I am one of his channels, but if you read in Your Soul's Plan, the physical illness chapter, Doris with Cancer, that's me. So, you know, it was a matter of I came in to learn how to deal with looking like a female and not using it as a bargaining chip. And I didn't get it because I thought I wasn't allowed to be otherwise, which is why in 2004, year and a half after I married my husband, the universe said, look, we need you down there to teach. So we're going to remove the problem. I got a second primary, which you know puts the danger clock back to zero. But the doctor said, okay, three strikes, you're out. We're taking the rack, we're taking the ovaries, and you're going from this Dolly Parton figure with a libido of a 17-year-old boy to a fat fire plug with permanent side effects, and we're going to damage you so much internally. Sex is out of the question for the rest of your life. See you in three weeks. Wow. That, that's, wow. That's how I learned to live the examined life. That's incredible. This is happening, and I don't want it, but it's going to happen. First, how can I learn with it? Second, for me... How can I teach with it? And then next, the only time I talk about the fact that I've done the cancer dance is when I'm teaching like this. I don't introduce myself as, hi, I'm Mary Sue. I'm a cancer survivor. You know, in 1973, I was the Betty Crocker homeworker tomorrow for New Jersey in my senior year in high school. Yeah, I was, but I don't talk about that now because I've moved on. So that's one of the reasons why the different jobs And the psychic work was truly what I wanted to do. I didn't get really, really good at it until the early 90s, when all of a sudden I could do hands-on healing and talk to dead people with no training. That's when I started doing it professionally part-time. Went full-time on 9-11 when we watched the towers burn. And I looked at my husband and I said, I got to do this full-time. People need to know there are other answers out there. He said, I believe in you. Go do it because I had his support, because I didn't have to be the only breadwinner for myself. I had the chance to do this, but that's where the book, You've Got the Magic Who Needs a Genie came from, because I pushed. For 18 years, I was on the road 45 weekends a year. I worked six days a week, 14 hours a day. But now, I I won't say I coast. I still work hard, but I don't have to push the work. The work comes to me. Oh, I, I imagine. That's an example, <laughs> yeah, that's an example at this point. of, you know, finding your sentence of passion yeah. and making it work for you. 
that's really, I mean, for me personally, that's so relatable because I started out with acting. I wanted to be an actor, um, but it, magic haunted me for a really, really long time. And I just didn't, mm-hmm. I, I thought I'd grow out of it. I thought it was something that, you know, just yeah. like, I know, right? <laughs> I, and as I went in further into acting, the objectification, the, um, you know, I'd had a couple of run-ins with people who were, were bigger in the industry that really, you know, kind of gave me a taste mm-hmm. of what it would be like to be further in. And, and I started... Um, I didn't have a, such of a, a distressing experience, but I started, you know, undressing all of the things that made me stand out in order to kind of back up. And then magic started coming, you know, up to the surface for me. I I, can, yeah. I really appreciate that. I, I didn't know that you were so into acting that way. So I'm, I really appreciate that you that you mentioned that because that is like, you know, you just feel like, oh, is that, mm-hmm. is this tainting it? Am I going the wrong way? Am I doing the wrong thing? Cause well, and it's true. You're, you, you know, you just follow, follow your, your heart, follow the direction that you're meant for. So you do these psychic senses. Are you, is there anybody else in your family that does this? Are you, you know, anybody else awoken to it? Anybody else? There are mem- no, there are members of my family that think I'm a charlatan who steals people's money. They tell everyone I'm a motivational speaker. Really? Wow. Some people, I mean, yeah. And I just, I'm sorry that you cannot do what I have done full time for 20 years and read over 20,000 people and been a fake. You know, I, I ain't Thomas John, honey. This no, real deal. no. And nobody's, I mean, everybody's kind of out to find the charlatan anyways, sometimes. So mm-hmm. you have so oh, yeah. many incredible reviews and obviously have run the gamut so much that that's actually just ridiculous. At some point, you know, I would I would hope that somebody in your family or whoever's saying that would just say, wow, I just didn't know. But some people just can't do that. <laughs> I think one one person in the younger generation knows and delights in it. But his parents... So that's wow. So interesting. And me too. I don't have anybody in my family too. Most people I meet have at least, you know, one, like my great grandmother read my cards or I heard about this one person, like something. And no, that's so interesting. Okay. 1973, what came out? Live and Let Die with Jane Seymour as Solitaire. Spencer Gibbs had the James Bond 007 tarot deck. I bought it. We were all hippies then. You needed a deck. And that's how it got introduced to you. You picked up a deck and you just started reading people. You were just having fun with it. That's right. That's right. I had my elephant bell bottoms, my David Crosby fringe jacket, and my deck. Oh, you know the and uniform. You, and, that's a. And you said you're from New Jersey, Cherry Hill. My mom's from Hoboken. No, there you so go. Get, See, you're north. We're south. Ah, uh, yes. Big okay, di- got big it. difference. Yeah, big difference. <laughs> yeah, technically, um, I my my ambiance is Philly. Got it. You know, okay. We're right across the room from there. I gotcha. Okay. That's so uh, just so cool to see so many similarities. That's so interesting. Um, so you said, like you, you just said this, and I, I read this in two of your books about 9 11 and how mm-hmm. you wanted to, you know, that was kind of the jolt that pushed you yes. to really go out there. And I was just mm-hmm. curious. What what are you showing people? What is it that you felt inside that people would get from your readings that would maybe counteract this, you know, obviously like a, a conscious issue or collective conscious issue? That when you look at your life, you can decide on it. Here are the opportunities and how to grab it. Here's the tough stuff. Here's how to get through it or around it. I tell people, here's your toolbox. I am not the repairman. People buy into fear. It's what they're doing now. It's why we're in such a, why do people um, put AK-15s on their uh, Christmas cards? Because they're afraid of what happens if they don't. Fear 
is false evidence appearing real. You said that acronym. I remember, I don't remember which which book that came in, but you you uh, had said that. And I was like, that is so real. <laughs> that is very, very true. Uh, do you know who I learned that from? Mary Kay Cosmetics <laughs> in the 80s. That was what Mary Kay Ash said. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. So you also, okay, so a big part of one of your books um the genie it's uh called you you've got the magic who needs a genie the a-lister's guide to the holistic expo success you went on the road you went on the road and it's Mm -hmm. very impressive and very brave um what what was your favorite if you have one what was your favorite psychic fair oh i can there are a couple um and it's not so much the fairs as the promoters Okay. Um, there were, there's one in Canada, one here in, in York, PA. The one in Canada was uh, run by First Star Psychic Fairs. That's Stan Mallow and Ray Fauché. In fact, Stan wrote the foreword to Jeannie, uh, brilliantly run, uh, but they have, of course, retired as they are entitled to do. And down here, Bill Trivet and Bob Hall run ran the uh, New Visions Fair in York, PA. Um, Bill passed away. Bob is still there, but he's turning it over to the next generation. And it's still a fabulous show. If I was still traveling, I would be there in a heartbeat. Really? But the universe made it very clear to me that my traveling days were done. And I don't know if that's in either of the books. No, it was not. You didn't give okay. me a hard end to why. Um, it, it, you, yeah, like I assumed okay. it was over. But, it's very yeah. simple. My nickname was the Travel Channel. <laughs> I loved the travel. I loved being a Hilton Diamond. You walk in and clear and not worth it. was great. Yes. Um, but I had been getting the nudge from upstairs. You really should work from home now. Wouldn't do it. All of a sudden, in July 19, I got a herniated disc and pinched nerve. And the pain makes having triplets feel like AT party. Four months later, I had gotten myself relatively together. But the doctor said, traveling is toast. You can't do the 10-hour drives. You can't do the load in and the load out. Your back will take it. So in four months, I scrambled to put my business totally online. And what happens in March of 2020, but the years of murder, hornet, bingo, and hold my beer. Everybody that I know who only did the circuit, bankrupt. Me, I'm doing better than I ever did. But the shows are coming back. And you know why should the kids that are, you know, young enough to do that reinvent the wheel? Here, take everything that I did. There are 8 billion people in the world. I can't read them all. And I'm 68. I'll be dead in 30 years. We're going to still need psychics. That is very, I love that. And and another thing you said a lot in your book um, that is very true. I love your no nonsense. I love how candid you are. It's, it, I mean, it. yeah, mm-hmm. obviously you've been through a lot too. So what's the point of, of you know, pussyfooting around anything? It's just, this is mm-hmm. who I am. This is what I have to offer. And this is, if you like it, great. If you don't, you can move on. <laughs> like, I, I think that's so great. And there are some stories that I was able to tell that, I mean, there are a couple of books out there, you know, how to be a kick-ass tarot reader. Um, how to have a spiritual business, but I get down to the dirties. For instance, in the back of the book, I give you an example of my sign-in sheet, which has name, birthday, because I do numerology, email, and is it your first time with me? 
And I always have the client write it down unless they cannot write for some reason they are not able to write and I will do it for them. But the reason is years ago up in London, Ontario, I did a reading for a 20 something guy who wasn't pleased. The next day I found an anonymous death threat on my table. So I just, it was handwritten, picked it up, matched it up with the writing on my sign-in sheet, handed it to the Ontario police. Look, kids, as much as we love what we do, it is not all flowers, glitter, and unicorn farts. There are people out there who cannot stand us. And, you know, just like Karens. But Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. So you have to realize, you have to run this like a business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And actually, that's funny. That was going to be my next question was about the person who left you a death threat. I was going to ask what what was your, you don't have to name names by any means, but what was your least favorite? I don't even remember. Well, I mean, what's your least favorite fair? And I was wondering if it happened to be at that that same one that that person did that. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the least favorite fairs, there was a Cirque, and again, it's so far back. Uh, I think it was Mind, Body, Spirit, which is not like Mind, Body, Soul Expo, which is great up in Saratoga. But it was a big show. You paid a ton of money and crickets. Nobody came through the door. You know, a good promoter, for instance, I will still do a one-day show, local. Uh, Jem Rhodes of the Mind, Body, Soul Expo in Saratoga. It's one day. She had 2,000 people through the door. I read nonstop 10 to 6. That's a good promoter. Anna Rossman out in Liverpool, New York. Same thing. Two days. I was always sold out by 2 p.m. and the show went until 8.30. That is a very good promoter. That is great. Yep. And also making yep. making it very safe because it, it it's true. Not everybody, some people I've met feel like, you know, you get too close to a tarot deck and you're cursed kind of thing, you know? And it's like, wow, if you can even like, <coughs> you know, um, win over people who are very nervous, that's great. <laughs> like, Well, that's, that's the whole thing. I mean, there are a lot of psychics and we very often have front people. And it's, yes, yeah, she has been reading for 17 years and her mother did and blah, blah, blah. And I always tell my front people, no, 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 watch me. I'll hold out my rap card, and the minute they touch it, I start. Hi, 30-second elevator spiel. Been doing this since I was 18. I'm 68, full-time job, uh, certified tarot master, past life specialist, psychic medium, and channel, and I don't do fluff. I am not going to tell you you're going to meet a guy with blue eyes and limp in a bar. And right there... It is very clear I'm not one of the light workers who goes, my origin stink. I am so normal. I love it. I think it's so great. (laughs) But there are some people who really want. I know. Yeah. You know, the the Madam Hoo-Ha stuff. And fine. There are other readers for that. There's plenty. Yeah. Other readers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So you are also a reverend. And I read in Mm -hmm. one of your books, uh, I think it was in in, um, You've Got the Magic, it was to fend off certain lawful people who are like, no, no, you can't hear because it's actually technically a, a misdemeanor to do this in well, some places? I became a rev for two reasons. The really most important reason was before it was the law of the land, um, if I had friends who bat for the same team and they wanted sacred ceremony, by God, they were going to have it. Um, mm, but that's right. going into the South, yes, it's it's just... I'm sorry, but that's the devil's work. We don't allow. Oh, no, I'm a reverend. Oh, reverend. I'm so sorry. You go right ahead. Ah. I mean, I've had r- rotten vegetables thrown at me walking into psychic fairs. Oh, my 
goodness. I have been protested like they protest abortion clinics. Fascinating. I'm from Kentucky, but I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. So we're like, you know, like the Austin of kind of thing. So I, I, we'd have mm-hmm. that kind of stuff everywhere. But it would be when I would meet somebody that wasn't from the city that they'd be like, what? I mean, not that I talked about it back then, but that's, vegetables? yeah, I'm not, I never got through. Rochester, that's, New York. Oh, that's true. I mean, any kind of like country. That's true. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So good to know. Everybody write that down. Like if you want to get ordained, just like to get people off your back. That's incredible. Yeah, order. You want a sanctuary of the beloved order of Melchizedek. It's non-denominational. It's based in New York, but I think that you can marry people anywhere in the U.S. Fantastic. I mean, because that's the other thing. It's just making sure that everybody, if you love if you love somebody, you should be together in the way that you want to be. So there yep. you go. <laughs> like, that's right. So um, that's right. how how did you become a certified tarot master? How what's the certification? What's the what's was it classes? Was okay. it yeah the the first that I had was the certified professional tarot reader. And that was when we had the Tarot Certification Board of America. And that was a three-hour oral exam. You know, not do you know the cards, do you know them upside down, but, all right, give me a spread for this. Give me a spread for this kind of question. Here's your spread. The person doesn't understand it. How could you change it? Um, How do you help people find the right question? You know, you don't really want, is my business going to be successful? You want, how do I make it rock and roll? Mm. Um, So it was that. Certified Tarot Master is basically, I have been doing this since Moses was in diapers. I've taught people. I've written books. Um, Ain't nobody as fast flipping them cards as me, honey, let me tell you. (laughs) So that's how I became a Certified Tarot Master through the Tarot Guild, which is still around and a fabulous place for people to learn. I, I think I actually, when I first started really getting serious about it, that's one of the mm-hmm. the websites that I found. And I think I printed out because yeah. they had a they had a book or like a, a book almost, but you could print it all out. And I printed it all out and I had it in a big binder and I'd go through it all the time. So I actually know, I think I know what you're talking about. It's been a while since yep. I looked at it, but yeah, it was yeah. very official very like, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you want to pass through, like not gatekeeping by any means, but it's like, if you want, you know, to be certified, we have some, we have certain, you know, uh, standards. Ways to do yeah. it. Look, yeah. And, you know, being paper trained, as I call it, makes the people who don't know about psychic work from a hole in the ground feel better. Absolutely. I mean, I think, so, yeah, I think that's just anybody, you know, especially psychic mediums, things like that. It's like if, if you if you do mm-hmm. have something, show it, you know, and that way people yeah. feel a little bit safer with you. Um, yep. Sorry, we have pollen up here. Oh, in, no, uh, on New my eyes have I was like, I had to like lay down for a second and just be like, don't rub your eyes anymore. <laughs> like you look crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so, mm-hmm. so I totally understand. Um, so. You're not only a tarot reader, you're a past life specialist, a psychic medium, and a mm-hmm. channel. Mm-hmm. So how do you, mm-hmm. you, and you also seem a bit methodical about how you approach things. Like, I, I'm just curious, do you use tarot throughout all of it? or Pisces, sun, Virgo, moon, oh. Virgo, rising. I tell people I'm a flake, but I'm a really organized flake. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. But do you, do you um, when somebody comes to you for tarot, do you pick up on a past life or when somebody comes to you for a past life, do you pull out your tarot deck or is everything really separated? And Well, the first thing is if you sit down with me, I'm going to say, 
okay, what's the most important stuff you got you want to walk out of here knowing? And if you go blank, I'll say, okay, darling, what's betting your butt? Because everybody's got one. Why? Because when you walk into a doctor's office, he takes a history first. Then he decides scalpel, x-ray, medication, what's he going to use? And it's the same thing. Um, The everyday tour bus, house, car, job, kids, finances, okay, God, you put me here, what the hell? That is usually tarot and oracle decks. Past lives, who was I in 1642 Belgium? That's a download from upstairs. I want to speak to my spirit guide and how's dead Aunt Mabel? That's all download from upstairs. But don't just say, I want to know some past lives because it's not a candy store. If we were supposed to know all of our past lives, we would. But if, you know, face it, you're a janitor in Des Moines and all of a sudden you realize you were Napoleon Bonaparte, you're really going to want to play with a mop? (laughs) That's a good point. Um, When people come to me about past lives, there's usually an obsession, a phobia, a person or a place that's difficulty. And one of my favorite stories about that, because I get them very fast, um, the, the short ones, women came to me and said, son's 29 won't make any decisions without me, won't live more than a mile from me. This is not normal. Can you see, was there anything? And I said, wait a minute. Mm. So it took me about 30 seconds and I said, okay, 1944, Utah Beach. So this is D-Day. I'm seeing your son. He's a soldier on the beach. He's got a bunch of shrapnel in his leg. He's pretty badly wounded. You're his commanding officer. You scramble over the dune. You drag him to safety. You take some shrapnel yourself, but you both live. And I opened my eyes and she's very pale. And she says, can you see my rank? I said, yeah, you were a sergeant. She goes, he's called me Sarge since he was three years old, and we've never known why. Oh, my Boom. goodness. Oh, my goodness. That actually, because uh, there are a couple of things that I'm still trying to kind of get my reins around, you know, like get your get uh, mm-hmm. a little bit easier, you know, to download it, because I'll get like, when somebody says something, uh, and it feels off, I don't know what happens mm-hmm. to me. Like, I, I just start, I guess, start going into a trance and everything kind of gets into like a tunnel. And one time somebody was talking to me about how crazy loud it was on the subway, but like in in an intent, like such an intense way. And so all of a sudden I started getting this download and I was like, I saw them on a, on a, uh, uh, at a, um, what the hospitals that they drag people up to uh, out out in like the nineteen like what World War Two like if you were out in the middle of the field it's like a mash unit right yeah exactly and, they, and I, it was like you got pulled all the way up everybody was screaming and I was like and you're a nurse this person was a nurse and all of these people were screaming around her and she was is uh, an actress in this lifetime and she goes that actually explains for me why I wanted to be an EMT until I was about eight. And I was like, yeah, you just got, you constantly hear all of the the painful sounds around you because it's so amplified from this lifetime. And it does, it makes it so much easier when there is like a, an issue than just somebody saying, yes. "What? who was I? You know, like a, like a party trick, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Oh, that's, that actually gives me a little bit of like, okay, did I just, did I do that right? Like, I mean, <laughs> what, did, what just happened? And it's like, yeah, it just no, shoots no, down. Definitely. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. It does. So... When you okay, you said to you just said um, you could all of a sudden do hands-on healing and talk to dead people out of nowhere. Yep. And you can I don't know if you can, but can you elaborate on that at all, or is it just like nope, just one day, yes. one day yes, one day no? Um, in the early nineties, I was <clears throat> working on my own past life stuff. Um, the the big hit 
was I went to a place called the Rhinebeck Aerodrome here in the Hudson Valley and went because my then boyfriend wanted to go see all the planes. I could care less. I didn't know anything about World War One. You know, can we go to Woodstock afterwards because it's next door? Well, I saw the British plane and the American planes and the French planes and the Italian planes. And then all of a sudden there was an Albatross D5A followed by the Fokker triplane. That's the Red Barons that Snoopy goes after. And there was a soundless explosion in my head. And as I saw those planes fly, the two things in my head were, there's a story behind that. And I flew that one. So that was the beginning of an avalanche of needing to know who I was in World War One, which we found out. Now, I was a World War One pilot. But because I'd done the work and also worked with a woman out in Colorado who was able to do a lot of the reaching across the veil, if you will, um, I began to get soldiers showing up in my apartment in Atlanta from World War One, And, you know, they would come in, you know, cute little blonde guy with half his face gone because it had been blown off. And I was a doorway for them. They all want to know who won the war. Then you tell them it's 100 years ago. You get them to forgive the person that killed them and forgive themselves, the people they killed, and then you can get them across to the light. This is only a fragment. The soul is already up there. But this is a fragment of personality that got stuck in the gray spaces. Um, when I started doing that, the way my guides have me talk to dead people is very weird. I don't know anybody else that does it this way. But rather than fish, because it's vague, I get their dog tags. For instance, my father, Jerome Richard Dorkin, who died in 2001 at the age of 80, tells me nothing, gets me into the energy. And they give me charades. They smoked. They had surgery. They had an accident, whatever. And I just let my guides do it. And so I get really specific stuff. When I do, then I open the door and people can talk to their dead people directly. But like I say, I remind them, I am not dial a dead. If Aunt Rose is on a field trip, she won't be by the phone. Now, you have to tell me, is this a G, P, G, R, or X-rated podcast? Because I have one story that I will adjust to wherever you want me to go. Oh, no, no, no. It's, no, please. I would love to just hear the story. <laughs> this is the reason I won't do mediumship except privately. Years ago. There was a biracial same-gender couple. The black partner had died and her white widow wanted to speak to her. Now, grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, nice little Jewish kid. I have manners. But what came out of my mouth as soon as I connected in flawless urban bonics was, well, shit, if it ain't my white bitch. And I'm going, oh, my God. But the woman (laughs) in front of me started laughing because that is the Mm -hmm. exact phrase her partner, Isabel, used as she walked in the door after every business trip. You can't do that on stage, no, you, you know, George Carlin in the seven words you don't say. Um, and All also, off. <laughs> because I don't censor, yeah. it could be a very painful thing. It could be deeply needed closure. That's not anybody's, That's right. you know, entertainment. Absolutely. I do, however, do past life galleries because I can pull them down generally very fast. They may not be wildly detailed, but it's enough. Um, I don't know if Louisville ever had first nights. We have First Night Saratoga up here. It is a citywide New Year's Eve celebration, family-oriented, blah, blah, blah. And so I was doing past life galleries. And a woman, you know, everyone would write down what they wanted to know about. And a woman handed me a slip that says, why is it that we are so interested in 
uh, USO and World War II and the home front, blah, blah, blah. And remember, this is New Year's Eve, so everybody is all bundled up in their dark coats. And I say, okay, um, you were part of an Italian family, five sons. Everybody went in various branches, you know, Army, Navy, Marine, whatever, to the war. And so because you knew that the guys in the USO were just like your brothers, you did a lot for them. You were very, you know, the scrap drives, meatless, whatever. You did your bit for the war. Well, one of the brothers was in the Air Force and got shot down. And your mother said, we won't wear black. It was an honorable death. We will wear sky blue. And so your family wore sky blue for mourning. Um, but that's why you're interested. And she stands up and she unzips her jacket. She takes it off. She says, sky blue has always been my favorite color. That was the color of the sweater she was in. Chills. You can't make this Chills. up. No, you can't. And it's so mm-hmm. personal too. That's the other thing. It's like when, when you're, yeah. you know, trying to open up or you're, you're, you know, it's everyone's usually just mm-hmm. blocked, I feel like, or you're, you know, working on your power, yeah. or you're working on your energy. But that is it's you can't filter mm-hmm. yourself, you know, you, you may want to start with people that care and love, like love you, they don't care what you say, it's okay, just so you can get used to it. Because yeah, it's like stuff like that, where you never who mm-hmm. would ever think of saying something like that. That's, uh, that's so specific, and so personal, so subje- subjective. I love it. That's so I want to go back to your books. So we've got three books. Okay. We've got The Psychic Yellow Brick Road, How to Find the Real Wizards yeah. and Avoid the Flying Monkeys, right? The char- like What you would say is the charlatans or the people who say they can do it. Yeah. Yes. Then we have Clean Out Your Life Closet, yeah. The Self-Development Project. And then you've got The Magic, Who mm-hmm. Needs a Genie, The A-Lister's Guide to Holistic Expo Success. So I'm curious, which was yes. your favorite to write? Like, which one was the one that you're like, yes, this is this is what I've been waiting to put out there? Well, each one came from a different, I have to do this. Um, The first one was clean out your life closet because uh, in 2015, at the end of the year, I said to all my people on Facebook, what are the things that you keep tripping over most? I wanted to start planning some articles for next year. And they said, clarity, adaptability, simplicity, and making friends with stress. And so that's how that book happened. The Psychic Yellow Brick Road was a have to did a show in Toronto, 250 booths, massive. And no matter how good the promoters are, they can't vet everybody. So across from me was fake gypsy, you know, and there was someone who would come in just, you know, one of the audience, she was looking at us on the aisles, trying to decide where to go. And the fake gypsy runs out and grabs her arm. Now this in the parlance is called hooking and it's as bad as the other kind of hooking. But she says, oh, you don't need to pay $30, $40, $50. I need your pound for 10. Come, drags the woman behind her screen. 20 minutes later, we see this woman leaving, crying hysterically. And a bunch of us run over to see what happened. Well, the gypsy said, oh, you have a family curse. How many in your family? Four? You have dog? $50 every family member. 25 for dog. He smoked. We fix. And told the woman if she didn't burn 400 specially blessed candles at the Roman Catholic Church, I bless real good. Only $1 candle. Her entire family was going to die in a car accident in two weeks, and the woman bought it. That's why that, that is my most important book, I would say, because there are lots of psychic development books out there, and there are lots of, this is why I'm wonderful books. But I don't care if you never come to me. If you read that book and it keeps you safe, I did my job. That is, that's a service and, <laughs> right there. That's a service yeah. because that's true. Yeah. It's like 
one of the, you know, right now with social media, that's, you know, people are impo- like, you know, mm-hmm. doing the impersonating, like every other day, I bet there's another Corby Mitlide somewhere, you know, uh, telling people it's ridiculous. Oh, it's so trust ridiculous. me, we've sued them. Wow. And I had to spend several thousand dollars to get my name trademarked and service marked. Wow. So it has really happened to you. Like it's happened to you on a large scale. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there are poachers when I do my free reading hours once a month. Yeah, they'll get in the you comments. You will have somebody and they're usually from yeah. Nigeria. So, oh, beloved. You know, yeah. They'll, they'll it, let's say Sandy. Sandy, beloved. I know that I am meant to have a reading view, blah, blah, blah. But my peeps now know that's a poacher. Yeah, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll call them. We'll block them. I know. And, it's, and the thing is, we'll is like them. when people open up. They open up so much that they're like, oh, anybody who who's walking through the comments must be a good person or this or that. And it's like, no, like we're all still human. None those, of us. Those are cosmic yeah, exactly. muffins. Like, no, you know? like this is you just listen yeah. to the person that you trust. Like you said in your book, you know, it's probably the best to get a reference or somebody who said, oh, I went to this person and I must. love them. You must because you'll you'll also get a feel for how we do it. If somebody really likes, you know, the, the glitter and unicorn farts, that's not me. You want straight arrow stuff? That's yes. me. Um, there was a, there is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Debbie Dyer. And she reads up in the Brampton area of Ontario. When I did the standard ratio, she and I would share a booth. You know, we, it would be a double booth. And she was the iron fist in a velvet glove. And I was the Klubrick upside the head. Both of us were good, but totally different bedside manners. And so we would always get the correct person coming to us. I love that because then, yeah, exactly. The person who comes to the booth can feel the energy of both of you, but they can Mm -hmm. trust that both of you are, you know, not only real and and legitimate, but you both are there Mm -hmm. to offer what it is that you have and not, you know, my beloved, come to me. I've been, I've, I've been feeling an energy off of you. Like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> like none of it. I mean, and that's what you said before, Please. too, is that you do have you have to have professionalism. No professional psychic is going to message you in a comment. It is an unspoken ethical right. rule. I think that that's probably that's right. I mean, out of all of the, the rules that you could put out there, I think that all of us, it just it's sort of somewhere in the back of our mind. Don't do that. You know, like, that's just not what we do. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to write that down. It is not. It's unethical, and it means you can't get your own business right there. But, you know, people need to treat us professionally as well. Um, Unfortunately, when you're at a psychic fair, a lot of people will look at you like you're a burger, a latte, or a car wash. And I've had people stand in front of me that say, all right, tell me something you couldn't know about me. And if you're right, I'll have a reading. And I smile, and I say, I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't roll over and fetch either. And I turn my back and they don't get reading. And I've had someone, you know, I take 15 minutes every two hours to clean my brain out. And I was trying to wolf down a sandwich. And a guy leans over my front table, pokes my sandwich with his finger and says, you don't need to be eating right now. My wife wants a reading. My front person slid in front. And of course, he was not in the booth at all. Oh, my. But that's Oh. oh, yeah. Some people love us and some people love to see, can I screw the psychic? And, you know, in, I think, both books, Brick Road and Genie, there's a chapter on pay fair to play fair. We get this all the time. Well, you're not doing anything. Why don't you read me for half price? Can me and my friend come in and only pay for one reading? And 
tell you what, do a free reading for me. And if you're really good, I'll bring you lots of people. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) And yeah, um, I really want a reading. And they stare at you waiting for you to feel guilty. Or what do you mean you won't give me a free reading? You're not very spiritual. Oh, my God. And I say, now, uh, you take all five of those and you put something different in it. And you say to people, how's this? To your hairdresser, you're not doing anything right now. Why don't you cut my hair for uh, half price? To the plumber, can you fix my shower and then install my dishwasher but only charge me for one service call? To the restaurant, tell you what, why don't you send over a bunch of beer and wings and if it's good, I'll send people to the restaurant. To the dressmaker, I really want that dress for my prom. Stop, stare, wait. And to a doctor, what do you mean you won't cure me for free? You're not very compassionate. You want me to die, don't you? And people say, that's ridiculous. And I say, it's the same thing with us. It's the exact same thing. Who would say that's ridiculous? That's so, no, that's, that's exact. You have to have that mentality. If you, if you don't, you're honestly going to get eaten alive. Like, that's the other thing is it's like, it's mm-hmm. protecting you, you know, like exactly what you're saying. It's, it's your so self-protection. So many, so many rookies think money is bad and they're guilty for taking it. no. Look, you're going to pay 10 bucks for somebody in Jackson Square, New Orleans. You are going to pay a hell of a lot more for me. Why? 50 years, certifications, full-time, books, radio, television, international rep. No, I'm not going to read you for 10 bucks on it. And, and what's also very interesting, I've found, you know, especially working at parties and stuff like that, because people aren't coming to you with a question yep. there. I mean, they might, somebody might have a question and you just happen to be there, but most of the mm-hmm. time they're they're... I've been very fortunate. Most people are curious, but you do get that odd person that's like, so, so what is this? What's the thing you're doing? What's the, you know, and it's sort of, sort of like you just start shutting down. And I noticed that I, I don't, I, I, giggle. I giggle. I Maybe I start shutting down because um, it's, it's still, I'm not 50 years yet. Like it's, I'm still like, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, figure out my bedside manner, you know, but I, I've noticed I'm very good with psychic work and I'm terrible with guessing. So like anytime I guess something, meaning like, you know, if a friend of mine or somebody is like, oh, you know, what's the sex of the baby? It's like, I don't turn it on unless we're, you know, actually in some kind of a reading. Like I'm not, you know, I'm I'm normal human. <laughs> That's true. That's good. But you got to remind people, even the best of us are only 85% yeah. accurate. The only one 100% accurate is God and he's not doing phone readings. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I noticed when at these parties, exactly what you're talking about, it's like, because we're just sitting there in this one, you at least had like the barrier of a certain amount of money, you know, like that, that person has to pay a certain amount of money. But if you're getting paid by the Mm -hmm. the host and so everybody can kind of come up, that is the experience you get. And so it is like you, you kind of have to figure out how to put that wall up between you and another person. It is a very vulnerable position that you're put in if you're not if you're new to it, if you're still learning it, if you're still getting better at if it. You're new. So yes. it's like have compassion but for yourself. That's, that's Shut down. Yeah. Okay. Um I I do corporate things, believe it or not, uh, a local eye care company had their 20th anniversary on Saturday and I was the entertainment for the clients. So basically, if someone had no idea, I would do um, 10 card Celtic spread general and say, now let's look at your subsections, relationships, family, you know, mothers may spy on their children any way they like, uh, career. I used to be an executive recruiter. I love those. So I would get people and those who really had stuff, they were fine. But just realize that. Now, the other thing that I talk about, and it's, it's a thing I talk about in Genie is what do you do if they're kids? Now, I won't read 
kids under 18 generally, because don't waste 50 bucks for 15 minutes asking me who's taking you to the prom. If the kid is an indigo child having things happen, oh, then I will happily do a mentoring session with them. Okay. But let's say that you're at an expo and it's cheek by jowl. And so a woman comes in and she's got a little two-year-old muffin sitting on her lap and you're trying to read and the kid is ritzing and the kid says, mommy, mommy, want a card, want a card, mommy, mommy, mommy. And you know, what are you going to do? The, the mother looks at you and says, please can muffin pull a card. If all you have is a tarot deck, what are you going to do if it's, oh, look, muffin, death. Exactly. You don't do that. Exactly. So I have a kid's deck. It's called Cat Wisdom. Oh. And they're cute oh. kitties. Take a closer so look. adorable. Okay. Express oh. yourself. Oh, my God. You're different. so smart. And so <laughs> muffin can pull yes. this out. And Muffin has Look her card, the kitty, and then Muffin. we go back to reading. And <laughs> right, and Muffin doesn't have nightmares. <laughs> so exactly. well, and that's the other thing. That's that's the. La- I mean, with parties too. If you don't have a question, it's very interesting when people come up and say, "Okay, tell me something." And my bedside manner sometimes I'll blurt out, like, you know, you you got to have something because your life is probably not as interesting as you think it is. Like, I mean, what do you think I'm gonna say? Like, what do you think? gonna say like Mm -hmm. it's just very or or you know the timidity of like i'm so nervous of what you're gonna say i'm like i'm this is this is like a 15 minute reading i am not gonna talk about you know the fact that you might get hit by a car later we're not doing that don't be afraid to say in 15 minutes i want to get right to it what's the most important thing you want to know today right yeah go and then they will love that right down please do you know it's funny you always get hit with, you know, prove it, tell me something. Anytime I would cross over from New York to Ontario to do a show, uh, guaranteed the Canadian customs person at the booth would say, oh, yeah, you're a psychic, tell me something. And I would look at them and go, you know, you're underpaid, you're overworked, and you can't understand why all the Americans are such <laughs> bastards. And they would laugh and I would go right through. Um, That's so good. Look, I have Sharp. done... I have done stand-up <laughs> comedy about you think a psychic. I saw that easy. on your video. So, yeah, <laughs> I, that's so yeah. great. It's not easy at all, everybody. It's not because you really are. You mm-hmm. do have to just love it because it can be a very thankless job a lot of the times. I mean, it's it's really beautiful when you have a moment mm-hmm. with somebody that they really, you know, they were so happy they were vulnerable with you. They're so happy that they came to you, and that's your quiet. Like this is why I do yes. this. But nobody's writing banners, mm-hmm. you know, and putting them out there. Like nobody, you know, it's not it's not a a. Um, a job you chase for the accolades necessarily. It's a job that you go into no, because you no, love it. it. Then you should yeah. not be into it. Absolutely. No. And um, I don't know if in one of the books it was a matter of you have to trust what you're saying. Uh, there was, all oh my good stories are Canadian. There was a woman in Kitchener that she sat down with me and there were a couple of challenging things that I told her and she looks at me and she goes, you suck. And she walks away. Okay, fine. Live and be well. Who's the first person in my chair next time I'm back in Kitchener? She sits down. She goes, last time I said, you sucked. I said, yes, I remember. Because you told me that I was going to take in a border and then I was going to want to sell my house. And I thought that was bull. But my daughter got pregnant and moved home. And now I want to sell my house to raise my grandson. And I still don't like you, but I want to know what else you see. Don't shoot the messenger. Absolutely. You know? Abs- yes, that's such a good story. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. So we talked a little bit about, you know, new psychics, budding psychics. But 
So if you um if you were to analyze a new psychic or like just the way that, you know, this new modern um, person is coming up into the world and someone who's recently connected with their gifts, somebody who wants to connect with their gifts, what advice would you give them to help them improve or help them grow? Corby and I go deeper into the cards and what it's like to perform as a psychic medium. So if you'd like to hear the rest of the episode, use the link in the bio section to stream it or consider subscribing to the Aquarium Plus, where you'll receive weekly emails of each episode in its entirety with no ads or sponsors, save my own updates, and you'll have access to monthly tarot readings for each zodiac sign. You can also check out Corby's main tarot deck and tarot book recommendation in the bio section below. I wish all of you health, comfort, and happiness. And until next week, blessed be.